Welcome to another episode of uh, Convos in the Pedicab with my buddy uh, Kevin Peters. He actually uh, he led the um, the protest in New York City against the mandates. So we're due for an episode. I'm excited. It's uh, I believe this is the first episode to start the new year. So you know, I'm pumped. We're ready. We're ready. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to be here. Good to be here. Yes, sir. I'm pumped. I'm ready. So uh, how you feeling? I feel great. You know. Um, it's like we're strapped in. We're 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 ready for whatever comes next in 2024. Like I don't know. There's this on. There's this ominous feeling that something crazy could happen. Crazy things are already happening. Um, but if we could get through 2020 and 2021, we can get through anything. That's how I feel. Do you do you think something ominous is gonna happen in 2024 though? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, a lot of a lot of these folks, like our friends in Geneva, Switzerland, and our friends in Washington, D.C., um, seem, seem to be indicating that any combination of war and pestilence and famine and, like, oh, the, power the, the grid shut The term up, is called a polycrisis. Okay, okay. That's I like that. That's they say we are in a series of I think that's pretty accurate. You know, it could, it could be any one or all of the above. And at the end of the day, like, you know, if, if it was several years ago... I would have been like in a frenzy trying to like track track everything and anticipate what's going to happen. But I, I think it's important to stay grounded and positive and that sense of centeredness and control of your own life and that whatever comes, God is in control. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you also have to still do the work, too. Yeah. Um, how did you feel going into 2020? How did 20- you like on January 1st, 2020 or let's say January 2nd? 2020 after the new year's hangover wore off how did you feel going into 2020 i mean i was doing okay you know was i'm not like, talking about you personally i'm saying like how did you feel about this, about like, the world yeah how, how did you feel about like everything like how, how, how do you feel about the future of this country like, I, I think during the, okay so in the case of new york you know i was in brooklyn i, I was working odd jobs i know i'm talking about myself but in terms of what, what's going on with the world you know i I had already dealt with um, fighting back against the the mandates or the exemption repeal for well, the, for the no babies in New York okay. in, ni- in 2019. This was before COVID. Yes. You had the repeal of religious exemptions, just like in California, for any children, any child to go to public school. For This is for the MMR shots and the regular schedule yeah. shots that have been well-documented uh, to have causal links to autism, you know, anaphylaxis, sudden infant death syndrome, as they like to call it. Um, so the, the, I, I had I had jumped down this rabbit hole about the the dangers um, of the pharmaceutical industry. I had no idea what was going on, supposedly in China and the development of mRNA shots. Um, but like, but there there the was general, an ominous feeling. You at had that an time. ominous feeling, really, because I remember back in 2020, everybody had 2020 vision. Everybody was actually very optimistic. That's true. That like back when 2020 first started, right before COVID happened, you know, there was an air of light, lightheartedness, and optimism. There was an air of, of levity, um, circulating. Yeah. Um, back in in 2020. Absolutely. And then, um. COVID happened and everything went into chaos. And right now, 
there's an air of um, ominous concern heading into 2024. And so, you know, just based on what happened in 2020, you know, my, my dark horse prediction is that there's a, there actually is a possibility that nothing may happen this year. Yeah, totally. That's a good point. It's possible. <laughs> um, but just because nothing may happen this year doesn't mean that you shouldn't be preparing. And it's actually a good thing. Like, I actually would not be surprised if nothing were to happen this year, and there's a, a bunch of reasons why. Interesting. This is the first time I'm hearing this take. Please explain. <laughs> and it's because I think that we're a little bit psyoped out. Yeah. I think we're psyoped out. Um, I think that... And no one believes anything anymore. Nobody believes anything anymore. We're psyoped out. Um, nobody's going to want to, like, trust... Nobody's going to want to, like, trust the experts. Nobody's going to, like, believe any mainstream narratives. And you can't, like, achieve New World Order tyranny unless people are willing to actively go along and serve the New World Order. Like, in 2020, you know, when COVID happened, people were shaming. The reason that this thing worked, and it didn't work long term, but the reason that it worked for the time that it did is because people were, like, shaming each other, like, for not wearing masks they were shaming each other. Like, I was losing friends because I didn't think we should be doing lockdowns. Um, even during Delta variant, you know, people were calling me all types of names because I didn't want to get a vaccine. Um, and that was my line in the sand, and that's when they started issuing these mandates. You know? And, and so there was a large army of people connected through nonprofits that were using an ideology to get the public to consent with this. Now, with, with how everything has kind of played out, I don't see how that materializes. Um, yeah. So, so, so um, but what I do see right now is that we're in, a, we're in an election year. Right. And, um, you know, they're, 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 there's a saying. There's guy, Albert Pike, I'm sure you've heard this, but he said, you know, give the people what, when the people need a hero, we will deliver it to them. Yeah. Albert and Albert Pike had a lot of interesting, interesting sayings, sayings in his day. Okay, so give the peer, give the people, you know, when the people need a hero, we will deliver them the hero. Okay, and um, what happened with Twitter? Elon Musk bought Twitter. Mm -hmm. People think Elon Musk is a free speech hero. Um, he's it. It's, Twitter is a lot better than he used to be, but he's definitely not a free speech hero. And, and the reason I'm saying that is because. Um, Okay, some of my videos trolling council meetings and some of some of some of these some of my inflammatory videos because they they play because they are like for the right wing, um, quote unquote. They will get they'll get a lot of views, but they also only get a lot of views because I I mass send them to big accounts and they like my stuff and they share it. Yeah. Um. So I'm not even sure if if my organic reach is that much higher. I might just yeah. know more people and also be like, you know, if you were to start doing podcasts on homesteading. And how to self custody your Bitcoin, you know, and how to grow your own food, and how to how to like actually prepare and build communities to, to mm -hmm. manage the next disaster. That go. stuff is gonna get stifled. I bet I would not be surprised if that stuff is getting stifled to the bottom of the algorithm. Or if, or if you were like sharing your Nostra code, or or, or um, if you were sharing like different ways to build outside the system, that stuff would not even be that that stuff would be stifled by any Elon Twitter. I mean, it's hard to tell at this point with like the the metaverse and AI, like whether we're dealing with an algorithm or if there is any human beings at all involved at well, this point. Well, there's a lot of AI. I, I listened to like Whitney I, I listened to Whitney Webb uh -huh. talk to Natalie Brunel and Marty Bent recently mm -hmm. on TFTC. 
I, I think it was TFT. That one. Yeah. I was just listening to her. With no, Cam the, the rabbit hole recap. That's what it's called. The rabbit hole recap. That, okay. That's not that's not TFTC. It's the rabbit hole recap. Uh, TRTC. Okay. Um, I get those confused. But I was listening to that and um, love Whitney. She's the she's great actually. She's she's like who you should be getting your news from. Mm-hmm. Um. And she also has not been canceled or called out by anybody because nothing she says is based on hatred. It's just very matter of fact. It's right. just sharing research and data. Right. Um, you know, but who's getting like the mo- who's who who's generating the most hype in conservative circles? Alex Jones, Andrew Tate. Love Alex Jones, but you know, um, Whitney Webb is a more credible source of information than Alex Jones. I would agree. I um, would agree. Th- no, I mean, they're, they're that's both, a fact. They're, they're both, both awesome. Deep researchers. They're both, they're but, both deep researchers. You know. They're both awesome. They they both put themselves out there. They're both playing an, an important role to preserving our freedoms. But in terms of trusting it as a source of news, right? Whitney Webb is a way better source There's of news. There's no than sensationalism. It's just like facts. facts upon facts upon first, you know, primary sources, you know. And explaining what is actually happening. Right. And, and deconstructing the Connecting myths the and dots. deconstructing all the myths. Yeah. And another myth, um, another myth that a lot of people are holding on to is the fact that they still think that Donald Trump is going to save them. And who is the leading candidate in the in the Republican primaries? I mean, who? I mean, provided that you believe the polls, which I think are about as real as Michelle Obama being mm, a woman, uh-huh. um, <laughs> just about. But you know, Trump is leading in these polls. Um, everybody's kind of pumping up, is, is hyping up Trump. The hatred amongst him from the left isn't really there anymore, or, or it's not as visceral as it used to be. Um, there actually is. You know, if you if you look at the trends in Europe in terms of like Europe's getting more right wing, and Argentina got Millet, um, and, and Millet's done some good stuff. He's cut a lot of agencies back and, and whatnot, you know. But at the same time, he's still employing a lot of the same bankers that that destroyed the Argentine mm-hmm. economy in his cabinet. And mm-hmm. and then um, you know you, you look at Trump. He he didn't drain the swamp. He hired the swamp, and then the swamp drained him. Um, you, you you look at that, and you look at like the fact that they're prep they're priming us for a Donald Trump comeback. Nothing yeah. could. Uh, the reason I think nothing could happen <clears throat> is because I think that this could be another attempt to lull us back into complacency. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that in a, in a way that's just as bad as like total chaos. I think it's worse. Ter- yeah, I think it actually could be worse in the long term potentially if people don't understand that. Um, right. Because when Trump was president, we had QAnon. We had people trusted the plan. Nobody went out and ran for office. Nobody went out and actually spoke their mind on on genuine issues to preserve like our freedoms and liberties. It was all about trying to get clicks and it was all about, um, you know, placating, you know, placating to whatever Donald Trump and his team wanted. And then when you actually like looked at who was on that team and what they were doing, it's the definition of conservative. Like the whole, like the whole Trump MAGA movement, it it really is the definition of conservative Inc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned QAnon and the, like the whole child trafficking issue and, these things that they they dangle in your face like oh we're we're gonna we're gonna see accountability we're gonna see all the names drop we're gonna see tribunals and all, all these all, all these fantasies are gonna come true about like the cabal and the, deep not, state. the intelligence and agencies here, literally here, write these things out here we are in 2024 they're like dripping out the, like oh they're releasing the Epstein logs the Epstein names and it's like we literally learned nothing new that we didn't already know about Bill Clinton or Prince well, Andrew. Oh, Steve, oh, look at what Stephen Hawking said. Like, who, who well, cares? Well, and also a lot of those documents are just from a defamation suit. They're not even like real, actual, uh-huh. accountable documents, yeah. like to no, prove but anything. They, they, the, but they, the, the past week, they've been hyping it up, and they, you know, they, they get they they 
get people on us. They pull people's heartstrings to get them amped up. And I don't. Like, do you actually happens. believe that Stephen Hawking was like into that stuff? I like, if none of his body up. functions, if not, if who his, cares? That's why I say who like, cares. But like, his entire body doesn't even work. Like, how would this? How would somebody like Stephen Hawking even be able to have an erection or have any sexual desires when he can only use one part of his body, which was like his index finger? Listen, I like I like I. I, I, <laughs> whatever, I just, it, just whatever, seemed, it just seems really weird to believe, right? Whatever objection I think we can legitimately have against Stephen Hawking is totally like irrelevant to his disability and his physical, you know. I mean, abilities. I think it's hilarious, like yeah. that Stephen Hawking is on the list and he was yeah. talking about how there was no God and stuff like that, and all this does is just reaffirm your faith, which is a good thing. It's you know, um, it's like you said, it's clickbait. It it is clickbait. I mean, I think like. I had, I had a suspicion that COVID kind of got super hyped up right after Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And I, I always felt like the proliferation of that virus was to kind of distract people from the Epstein list. And, and um, you know, now, you know, and, and but you can only distract people like that for so long because I think that maybe these people thought that um, the public would forget about it. And they would have their framework for, like, biomedical tyranny. And as a result of COVID, they'd be able to just restrict the Internet and create the fascist police that they wanted just through this virus. And, and they could try to make it go away. But it just didn't work because there was just more of us than them. And it kind of created an awakening. So now they're like, okay, well, I guess we got to release these documents because there's nothing else. Like, at this point, there's nothing else that, that we can do. And, and all, all it's going to really do is just get m- less and less people to trust the establishment, which also makes me think that it wouldn't even make sense for another disaster to happen, like another big disaster to happen. Because in order for like a big disaster to happen, you have to divide the public enough for it to work in your favor. And right now, if you get off the internet, the public is not that divided. I think there's plenty of divi- you know off like- the on the ground. We're a lot more united than we are on the internet. Right, and but this is exactly why they did what they did in 2020, <laughs> leading into the election in 2020. You know, people think it's all about uh, controlling the you know uh, mail-in voting and you know j- just isolating people in their homes and keeping them from interfacing with each other in person. Um, it like it, it added it pre- to the division because now people spend more time online where the division is. Yes, and the U.S military has like thousands upon thousands of bots and, and other foreign militaries have these bots and the people and the Davos heads and probably the banking cartels own a ton of, uh, of social media bots. And, and that's just that, that that's, that's a pretty obvious statement. And, and so when you're online on your computer all the time, you're being crafted narratives through bots curating information to you uh, versus being able to actually, you know, find some trusted news articles and, and you know, or, or trusted sources and having sensible discussions. There was no place for that. And I think that a lot of people got addicted to being on their computers, myself probably included. And uh, it's going to create a situation where people are not going to be able to tell what's real and fake. And people are going to get so, so confused and so disoriented and so demoralized um, that the next time a big event occurs, the tyranny will come like that. But I don't think we're there yet. So that's why I'm kind of thinking maybe something – maybe it doesn't really happen this year. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to see. You know, there's a lot at stake um, between 
Yeah. You know, ele- elections <coughs> and the the geopolitical situation with BRICS and this escalation in the Middle East between Israel, Iran, what you know, the Palestinians who, in Gaza, the Pal- yeah, the whole you Lebanon, know, all, all, every, all, you well, know, you all feel, players how, so involved. How do you feel about how do you feel about that? I feel like October. I feel like 7th, me and you have a different view on Israel. What, what makes you say that? Because I'm Jewish and I have family who live there. You, you, you know, my dad is Jewish. I like, did not know that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, and I, I've made a lot of friends the past, um, the past few years, fighting against mandates and you know standing up for, for you know family values and for God and spirituality. Uh, I've made a lot of um, really important friendships um, with Israelis. Um, in New York and around the world who are speaking out against, you know, the the technocratic agenda, the transhumanist agenda that goes against everything that we're taught in the well, Bible. Yeah, so, so apparently so they are also using a, a lot of the tech, a lot of surveillance technology is being tested on Palestinians in the West Bank. Right. That is that is that is, that is a true statement. And, and like, yeah, that's true. You know, when you're Jewish and you know that your history and you understand how things are, you know, you. You you do understand the importance of being able to live in Israel because it's a holy place where you have a spiritual, a spiritual connection right, to, yeah. right? Like like that that that's kind of one of those things where like regardless of the side you're on, you know, um, Israel is a home for Jews, right? Um, but just because it's a home for Jews doesn't it doesn't justify using surveillance technology, like putting a group of people into an isolated area and trying to use survey and trying to experiment with surveillance technology on them like that's not that 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 doesn't really that doesn't win you the plot for the main for for the ability to like maintain um a jewish state and actually prevent whatever happened in germany when the pogroms and the the um the forced migrations of arab of of arab jews into israel because a lot of arab jews in in muslim country like were treated as second-class citizens in the 20s and they were kicked out of their homes and, and treated probably just as bad, if not worse, than some of the Palestinians now, and that just doesn't get talked about, um, you know. And and when you have a, a country that's using surveillance technology on 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 the Palestinians, and you have these uh, cartoon villains running their government that are that are worse than probably Bush and Cheney, it, it makes it so that nobody wants to have that other discussion. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, if if you're asking how I feel about it, like on, honestly, the surveillance apparatus within Palestine is the least of that's just, my, but that's one that's one concern. concern for like well the, gaza the, the, and the, how the, many the, thousands of people have been killed at this point that that's true yeah i i think that um yeah Which, that, that, none, none of that like minimizes what happened on october 7th i think but the, the question, surveillance technology and the ai technology that's yeah. being used also provides wrong information to the idf which could also lead to how does it? To, I've never because, heard about this because how does it, it? this is what Whitney Webb talked about, okay. and it's that like AI is never AI will hallucinate, and a lot of times people will think that like AI just because AI gives a response it means it's correct, and so the AI will give a response as to like where the terrorists are and where this is, and it just could be totally wrong, and then all of a sudden like a bunch of kids get blown. That's up. really unfortunate. So that that, that could I think be that's really that, unfortunate. That could kind of be like what you that could be potentially what you're witnessing, as well, and and it's not getting like brought up. Well, I think that th- this is literally the first, you know, I- I've been kind of avoiding. Here, Here's the thing, you know, w- when it comes to Israel-Palestine, it's like the most like intrinsically divisive issue that 
like we were saying earlier, it pulls on people's heartstrings, just like with BLM and um, and weaponizing the trauma of you know our of oppression. Of, of oppression. And, and, and these free Palestine you're movements, weaponizing the trauma. These these free Palestine movements that I'm noticing in America. It's like BLM on steroids. It's the yeah. same. The same people that were destroying small businesses um, during BLM are the same people that are blocking highways and stopping people from getting to the airport. Um, yeah. As a result of, uh, of of freeing Palestine, and um, you know, it doesn't gain sympathy to that stro- to that to no. that cause it, at all. Like you know, I I went to one of these marches about a month ago. There's a group called Within Our Lifetime, which from what you know, th- there's all sorts of groups organizing things. There's stuff happening every single day in the case <laughs> of New York City. And, you know, you have Jewish Voice for Peace who's like outwardly, proudly aligning themselves with communists Not and the D- Democratic Socialists of America and our friends at the People's Forum, which is like a, a total like intel, you know, uh, foreign, in- you know, it's a hotbed of you know, so radical socialists from and, Venezuela and, you know, leftists from around the world who were implementing vaccine mandates before, long after, excuse me, long after the mandates were rescinded in New yeah, York City. Yes. So, um, you know, I, I don't want to have anything to do with any of these groups, like in terms of, uh, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we can agree that we want to call for a ceasefire, whatever solution we want to put out there. Why? Why are we injecting all this, all this political and ideological baggage into the into the question of okay, how, how do we stop the killing in in places like Gaza and and West um, Bank? Like, what you know, what what's our solution? Why are we talking about you know socialism and capitalism? And the, well, that's the thing too. When you have communists, when you have a uh, a communist group that calls themselves the Jewish Voice for Peace, they're not Jewish. You know why? Even if they say they are, because communism is like. Inherently, it's anti-God, right? Well, yeah, and, and you can't you like, can't call yourself a Jew, you can't call yourself a Christian, you can't call yourself a Muslim, you can't call yourself absolutely. any religion of faith if you subscribe to an ideology that is antithetical to having it's faith. Such an important point, and you know, I, I think it's you know, in my opinion, you could say the same about George Soros and his whole ilk, and most of the is you know, I would dare say you may disagree on this. A lot of the folks in charge of the the military and the government of the state of Israel, and I make the distinction between the state and the governmental apparatus versus the versus people. the nation. Well, the people. I feel like the Israeli, um, the Jews in Israel are, are going through the same struggle that the American people in the United States are going um, through, in that we are both being hijacked by corrupt by corrupt government that does not actually bear the interests of their it's, people in mind. I, I, and yeah. like I said, that is not getting talked about. Yeah, and well, you know, it's a cliche, but. You know, people say all, all roads, all roads lead to Rome. And with the question of Palestine, you know, people forget or people are never even taught the origins of the name Palestine. Well, Philistina, when, when goes, the Romans conquered goes back to the and, Philistines and, and threw the Jews out of Israel. They, they named it after the Philistines to mock the Jews, to mock the Jews who they expelled from the land at that time, where wherever they went. You know, this is 2000 years ago. There's, you know. And it's it's so difficult because n- none of us were, and it goes back to the Bible, like you know, pe- people's takeaways from the Bible, and you know it, you know, for, if if we're gonna talk about Israel's right to exist as a home for Jews, and like just using that language, the right to exist, like are you implying we don't have a right to live? Where you know, it, at the end of the day, it's the same dilemma that we have here in the United States, where you had. Native Americans living here for however long, and you had European settlers 
because people use the word colonizers and all these things to like inject emotion well, you want to know into it. Crazy about the Native Americans. What's that? Um, and it's that uh, before the the pilgrims came, the Vikings had been trying to conquer. Um, um, had been trying to conquer that land and for like hundreds, Moors, of, had, had, had hundreds of years, and the the Indians kept fucking them up, and, and the Vikings were wow. never able to do that, right? So when you saw when they saw a bunch of white people coming on in a boat, what do you think their reaction was to seeing a group of mm-hmm. white people? Wasn't going to be good because they had they had a prior experience to um what happened with the Vikings. So you're you're a you're an English settler who comes in to this new area, and all of a sudden the first the first thing that happens when you see these new people is they attack you. And that is what what happened because if if the the Viking if the story about the Vikings is true then it makes sense, right? And so then all of a sudden your first impression is these are savages because they just attacked you for no reason. And then um, and then you and, invoke and then, the Bible yes, to justify And then everything that you you see in a in conjunction that's kind of led up to this is is where we're at today. Yeah. And then. Um, the the big reason why that why we beat the why we took the land from the Indians that took over them is not because we were you think we were stronger and more militarily capable than the Vikings yeah probably not no absolutely not no chance in hell you know why you know why we were able to um take that land from them well, and it's not because of guns because natives because we also fought alongside natives um in the French and Indian war and other conflicts and you don't think that we gave them guns to help us mm-hmm. it's not guns it's diseases it's smallpox. We came through, and we were fucking gross. We had smallpox. We had all types of 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 um, pathogens that these people were not used to. They didn't have the medicine or know how to deal with any of this stuff, and they got killed and eradicated as a result of us bringing diseases over versus us brutally murdering them. Yeah, you, you know what's unfortunate. That never gets brought up. What, what what's unfortunate <laughs> is like that. That's. I mean, that should be common knowledge in the history books about how many people just died because of. But at the same time, I'm kind of skeptical about that narrative. You think so? Because of what I now understand about patho- you know, pathogenic illness and about germ theory versus terrain theory and our understanding of illness stemming from Louis Pasteur and Anton Bouchamp and the 19th century scientists that kind of it's one of those things that we, we kind of take for granted and assume as absolute truth whereas it's a lot more complicated that than that and it's pro- it's probably true that um we we exposed something we introduced something foreign to the terrain in the in America but i, I don't i don't know if we that, still if had that, medicine to that deal could with, be a narrative just to like medicine though uh, to deal with that they did not have any kind of medicine or, or even know what this stuff was at all like i think that's very likely yeah I, and there was also a lot of division amongst the native tribes and we were able to pit those tribes against each other yeah probably all of the above you know like my, my suspicion is that the, <laughs> the whole thing about smallpox is to like mi- minimize the the guilt and the um responsibility for you know the 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 manifest the, destiny the manifest destiny <laughs> yeah. and the like this is this is this is my destiny you know yeah. Boom. break yourself yeah protect your neck yeah i i, I mean yeah I, it, it's all there's a lot of factors you know and then uh and but we're dealing but with the, it now with you know with blackrock buying up all the you know all the private property, the home, the the housing market is just completely out of control, and people can't make their mortgage or their rent. And you have huge firms 
buying up all the property and people are getting like packed into smaller and smaller and smaller. This is it, we're, we're going through the same thing right now. People are being stripped of their land and their property. And, you know, you have people like Bill Gates and the communist Chinese or whoever buying it all up. It's wow. it's manifest destiny, too. Yeah, and there's also direct energy weapons like in Maui. Exactly. Uh, potentially. There, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff um a lot of stuff like that. There there really is. Um but you know with with the Israel Palestine conflict, it, people use the Native Americans as an example. And you know, some people look at it like, oh, the Israels are the white settlers taking land from the natives, and that's bad. But then when you say that the Israels are the natives cuz Israel belonged to the Jews, then then they'll say, "Well, what should the natives just take their country back?" You know, so like it does feel um, like the whole it, it feels by and large that like the whole world or the, a large majority of the world is very much against Israel. Well, and I like I, Israel being like a sovereign country. Well, this is kind of what I've been trying. I've been try- trying to thread the needle with as much nuance as I can, and and you know, point to the you know the irresponsibility of many people who are justifiably critical of Israel and painting this picture like it's it's Jewish power and it's Zionist and it's like a, a whole global conspiracy that's like that, that you know like, you, the, like and you know you have people who I did like in the you know as a Christian you read the New Testament you hear about people who ident- who call themselves Jews who aren't Jews you mentioned Jewish voice for peace there's all sorts of people that you could like we could debate about who whose whose bloodline traces back to to Jacob and the 12 tribes at the end of the day like we're that, that well, it's <laughs> we're, not about gonna, the bloodline it's about the it's about you know religion it's about a path towards finding God and you know you could do that being Jewish you could do that being Muslim you could do that absolutely. being a Christian like you could do that as long as you you do it however you know, God speaks to you, right? And Absolutely. God doesn't make mistakes. So it's not even necessarily about a bloodline. It's about um, ascribing to a faith. Right. Well, wh- whether it's faith or a- a- like ethnic but, tribalism, like at the end of the day, you know, you, we, we have anybody, to hold people accountable right, if, they're, Kevin, if, they're ta- if they're using genocidal in, talking yes. points on either side. Yes, I agree. But like in 1855, why would anybody in their right mind want to be, be a Jew versus be a Christian? It was probably a lot easier to be a Christian in 1855 than it was to be a Jew. So so you wouldn't call yourself a Jew unless you really felt like a genuine commitment. Well, is there something specific that happened? I don't know. Yeah, pogroms. Like, like, well, I'm, it's a, a rough ass. 1855, yeah. 1890, turn of the century. That, that was you know, like during the Spanish like, Inquisition. Okay. Like like you know like there are so many things that you know we've had to go through being Jews, right? Like, and I didn't even know your dad was Jewish, but like just having Jewish lineage. There's so much stuff that ancestrally you go through that you have to be you have to be smoking crack to voluntarily. Um, choose to have that religion over Christianity. Yeah, I mean, you know, unless you felt like a really strong spiritual connection to that religion. Yeah, provided that your your name isn't Jacob Rothschild. I mean, you know, the, like the, the you know the the same the same is true for the the Catholic Church. You know, there there's uh, there's like you know, I, I I think you know. The, the the history of Christianity has been I, I don't know I, I think what what's common between Jews Christians and Muslims around the world is that like the 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 scriptural integrity of the the the, the faith and the connection with God has been um, like conflated and confused and radicalized and bastardized in a lot of, and I would include the Catholic Church you know my mother's Catholic I was raised in the Catholic Church. 
you know, my my technically my stepdad. I never met my biological father. Oh, okay. But my, you know, I, I, I'm raising the Catholic Church, and like my, <laughs> like I'm. I'm I'm living in a world now where I understand what the Pope represents. It has nothing to do with the with the first century church that the apostles founded. Yes. You know? And I think that unfortunately there's a lot of Jews who are having the same effect on the Jewish faith and the you know, the the true connection to God. You you have, you know, certain Jews who are, you know, abusing children, doing these horrible things that ha- that you know, g- give you know, give the Jewish people a bad name and they don't deserve it. You no, know, that's true. You also have Catholics that are doing it and Catholics don't deserve Absolutely, it. Exactly. You have Muslims that fly planes in the tall buildings without landing them. You know, they give Muslims a bad name. None of it's good. You're, you're talking about 9-11 now? Potential. Well, well, it's a Were hypothetical, there planes? right? Were, Were there, there planes? Who knows? Well, uh, Jeff Fuel doesn't melt the steel beams, you know? Yeah, like buildings. We could... We we should come back to talk about <laughs> Building 7. That could be a, a follow-up episode, but... Were know. there planes? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, or October 7th, right? You look at what happened on October 7th. Um, you know, you can't, like, equate all Muslims with a, a few crazies. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. You have to look at people as being people, and there's a spiritual connection. You know, so listen, like, like we, you have Jews, Christians, Muslims, and anybody with any kind of any kind of found religious foundation, they were all we were all on the same side in terms of protesting the mandates. And you shouldn't let this crisis prevent you from being on the same side in terms of um, preparing for the next disaster that occurs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hold on, you want it? Yeah, great. You can grab one. Are, are you gonna yeah. edit this later? Or is this no? One it's shot? all live. We're live. We're not live. Here. It's not we're live. live. I mean, we're not editing it. No. It's, it's nice out. Like there's there, there's no sun out today. Dude, but this, it's bl- this blanket's been saving my my life though, bro. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. Not, you know, it's nice. But no, like I, I you know, I, I I appreciate that we can have this conversation because the past few months have just been brutal. Like you know, lost friendships and you know, it's it's like I, COVID. I lost some about it's this is actually a little bit worse because you're losing friends in your own group. Exactly. You know, called, and, yeah. And they throw the word Zionism around like it's a bad word, um, and. I don't think it is, and I'll tell you why. I'm listening. Okay, Zionism is technically the 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 term for a Jewish home in Israel. That's what it is. Like the de- the definition of Zionism is it's a Jewish home in Israel. And what you're seeing with building settlements, you know, and and the um, Likud party trying to go go to war with Russia and using surveillance technology to to test on on the Palestinians against their will, um, and openly funding Hamas and um, you know, taking seven hours to respond to October seventh, and and uh, hosting a mu- a and, and allowing a, mu- a music festival to happen um, right on the southern border of Gaza. That's not Zionism. That is expansionism. That is imperialism. That that is something entirely different. And people lump the idea of a Jewish home in Israel with all of that, and that's it's 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 a misrepresentation. I think that's fair. I think the 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 term Zionism can be misapplied in certain cases. You know. Like we could talk about the Balfour Declaration and uh, Theodore Herzl and all these people, but um, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we wanna we wanna address the here and now where we're at today. Like at the end of the day, we we can't change what happened before now. Absolutely not. You know? No, you can only focus on the present. And like, you know, people want to talk about the Nakba in 1948. Like that's gonna do anything. Well, we'll do something. Is figuring out a way to like avoid um, World War Three. Or um, exactly. if, if these people like the pro the ceasefire crowd, right? Like if you really want a ceasefire, you got to make it permanent, and, and you're not going to get a ceasefire when you're, um, fun- when you're funding the opposition. <laughs> okay, you're not going to get a ceasefire as long as Hamas is in charge of of Gaza. That that's a fact. You're also not going to get a ceasefire if you have a bunch of cartoon villains in Israel. 
that are controlling that government. Mm-hmm. You want a ceasefire? You need elect. You need new elections um, in each region. Yeah. And the Israeli people, you know, that there were like massive protests in Israel leading up to October seventh exactly. against Netanyahu. Exactly. And, and these were Jews in Israel. But like, you got no protests in the Palestinian side. You can't be protesting Hamas in, in Gaza or the Palestinian side. They'll kill you. Yeah. You know what's interesting, Alex, is you know before all this stuff happened with COVID, I was really kind of like. Um, invested emotionally in what was happening in Syria. Yeah. And I I wasn't really pointing the finger at Israel so much as MI6 and British intelligence and how they are infiltrating the the white helmets and this whole like uh, fake rescue operation with the the supposed chemical weapons attacks and staged, you know, staged rescue operations that we were seeing in Syria, yeah. in Aleppo, in you know, um Duma, all these horrible attacks that were happening that oh yeah Bashar al-Assad is doing this to his own people let's not worry about the evidence just trust me it trust was him me, bro we need ISIS, ISIS is the, they're it's, the good guys yeah let's put ISIS in charge instead yeah right is, is yeah. that the alter it was an al-Nusra it was al-Nusra which is the Syrian front of al-Qaeda who was founded by George Bush you know the CIA. Those are you know the, the people don't want to trace the you know in terms of it, it. It is important to understand like what led us to the current moment when you have the Mujahideen and the Cold War and arming the Afghani rebels that became Al Qaeda later with Osama bin Laden. But you know th- these were things that I was very outspoken about. I was going on Facebook, going back and forth with friends and family. But okay, wait, are we are we really condemning, uh, you know, the, this democratic, supposedly democratically elected government in Syria, it, and like taking taking the side of these terrorists that are posing as rescue workers? And you had the Oscars award. I don't know if you're familiar with the White Helmet, you know, documentary that came out on Netflix and they gave an Oscar to it. It was a whole freaking propaganda, you Against know. Assad? I want to actually watch campaign. it now. You know, it's it's insane. And, like, it's it's been whitewashed ever since this whole thing about... And that was the precursor to what we're still de- dealing with now with Russia. Um, and, you know, all these things... At the at the end of the day, it comes back to what you know. We're we're over here in America. We're the we're the beneficiaries of this global military machine. Well, for now, but we have, uh, you know, pe- we people have 20, been, you yeah. Know, a bunch of twenty year old men can barely do a push up or a, uh, or a pull up right now, and uh, now well, you got to flood the border. With, now you got to flood the border with um, military age men from third world countries to fill a need that we're not able to have anymore. And, it's, it's literally like the symptom of late-stage empire And collapse. just the past 24 hours, we're hearing for the first time about a potential draft. And, oh, the chi- communist Chinese are, are being mobilized to take over the U.S. There's somehow. not going to be a draft. There's Why, not going to be a draft. Nobody's going to consent to it. it it's, well, it's, I know it, I'm it, not. It's, it's, yeah, nobody's consenting to that. What's going to happen, what, what, my hypothesis is that um, tens of thousands of military-age men are flooding the border, and one of the, one of the reasons that they could be flooding the border... Um, is that if we have to go to war in a foreign country, you have a um, group of people that you can mobilize to go fight the foreign war that we don't want to fight anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they can get citizenship, um, and then they can become police officers. And, they, yeah, and, in and Chicago, they, become, they already and are. And then they become uh, county officials, and then they, they can get elected to positions of government. And then all of a sudden, like, you see that there's a Boston City Council woman who just got elected, like, hardcore communist in boston wasn't, yeah wasn't like when, when they were swearing in she wasn't putting her hand on her heart she wasn't even repeating the words like she totally was tuned out to it and so you, you know all of a sudden like you get a, a whole group of illegal immigrants are going to be feeling the exact same way hypothetically to that lady um 
they're going to have no problems go to your house and try to take your firearm from you. They're going to have no problems like, you know, uh, searching you to make sure that you have your cell phone and your digital ID on you when you go to the store. They're going to have no problems arresting you for not having being updated on your latest vaccines. They're going to have no problems beating the crap out of you because you're speaking at a school board meeting. And so that's what I what what, what this is ultimately um, leading to. It's a soft form of tyranny. Um, another factor, too, is that with the, the we're, we're going off from the draft, right? But another thing, too, is that we're not reproducing, you know, like the whole hookup culture and like the, the, the normalizing abortion mm-hmm. and, and the, um, the chemicals that we have in our food and, um, the, and we're, other we're, we're, chemicals we're, we're and other things producing children a, a, as much anymore. You know, this is a fact. We have a fertility crisis. Yeah. Well, dude, Latin Americans don't have that problem. <laughs> they're they're co- they're bringing their you know they're, they're, <laughs> they don't groups, have that problem. Those groups that aren't just fighting age men, there are some ladies in carrying their kids across the river too. And they're gonna have, and that culture is conducive to having lots of kids. They tell us not to have kids, but they those you know great. I hate saying those people, but they're having kids. It's the great replacement. It is a great replacement. Yes. So you know, I think this goes back to where we kind of started with, with 2024. Like, oh, maybe nothing's going to happen. Things are already happening. It's they're happening, already but no setting big, the stage. They're setting the stage, but it, this could be kind of like where they're. Um, you ever like look at a stock, like like this like like a like how how like a stocks chart right? And all uh-huh. of a sudden you have a you have a big spike, and then you have consolidation, 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 and you either have a, a plop or a spike. Right now, this is going to be you, 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 this. I feel like 2024 it might just be a period of consolidation. I mean, we're kind of due for a spike though, aren't we? Why? 2020 <laughs> why we had a big spike in 2020, big spike in 2021. 2022 was actually really big with the whole abortion stuff. Um we had something with with Hamas on October 7th. And even October 7th, like it's not dividing us as much in America. It's not dividing us, well at least in Texas. In in Europe it's really bad, right? But in in America it's not the spike is not nearly as bad. Um as it's it hard like to quantify, in, in right? America. Like you said, like the the online discourse and the on the like in Are person. Are you seen the protests though in Europe though? The Palestinian protests. It's massive. It's yeah. insane. Like I would be actually like seeing that shit. Like I would actually be scared to be a Jew in Europe. Because yeah. you know, there's like there's like or there was a video in Dagestan where there was a bunch of people that were like trying to find Jews at the mall and attack them at the mall. Like you're seeing a lot of shit. You're you're not seeing this stuff here in America, which is good. You're not seeing that here in Texas. Despite well, the fact, like, let me here tell in Texas, you in New- we could like, have here in Texas, we could have like good faith discussions about what to do, and be like really respectful and be like, yeah, man, I don't care that you're Jewish, man. We just want to like, we, we just want these people to have rights, and it, and it becomes a very civil, polite, normal conversation that could lead to progress, right? But like, you go to New York City, you go to London, you go to Paris, you go to Germany, that like that ship has already sailed. And then when you see what's going on in those areas, and you're Jewish, you're like. I, yeah, bro, you have to be crazy to think I don't want to uh, that that I'm going to give up the right to have a to have a place to go after after seeing all these freaking videos all over Europe, you know? Yeah, I was going to say in New York, you know, I, I I can't speak to like I haven't even been following, you know, I, I, I'm I, seeing I, videos. I, I'm just from I, me yeah, watching right. videos. Me, you know, but we've experienced it firsthand in New York again, fighting the mandates and the like all the rallies and marches that we did the past few years. Um, there was one particular case where you had Nick Fuentes show up with his um, uh, gang? With, with his Groiper gang oh, to infiltrate a rally that we had at Pfizer headquarters in November of 21. 
and he literally put out a flyer like oh come to our rally we're gonna be like they looked up where we were gonna be what time and and they just like put their i forgot what they called it they came up with some like obscure like unidentifiable website and group um and here here comes nick fuentes with his like bulletproof vest and like tinted window suv pulling up with his blue hat crew graper crew and they're literally throwing racial slurs at you know the the jewish folks that were there that day and it's like who you know the the, the whole thing was a freaking theater show you know it was like uh it was a whole uh set up with the news cameras there to and they fox news of all people fox news put out a story saying oh white supremacists like anti-semites anti-vaxxers and and later that day they went to a gracie mansion they had a whole face-off back and forth with antifa or blm contingency like they were like they were showing up together like they were told to be there that night and we were like who the hell is this guy like you never even contacted us like are you really here for medical freedom and like against the mandates and the jabs like oh yeah and he goes out there this is my town the 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 guy's freaking nuts and ever since then you know last year you had kanye and nick fuentes and this whole like ridiculous you know showing up on alex jones and all this like ridiculous theater like extreme the neo-nazi rhetoric coming out of them and like you know and we we learn in retrospect that you, you have straight up handlers and like high level people that are controlled that have controlled Kanye and it's like you know at, at the end of the day all all that's to say that there are there are people out there spouting unacceptable things toward Jews and like everyone should unanimously be against that but to to conflict to to prop that up and say that you're this if you're you know if you're calling for an end to bloodshed in gaza it's like you know it's it's complete it's a you complete can't disconnect the, you can't throw the word hamas supporter at everybody just right. like they're calling you a grandma killer and all that stuff. exactly i kind of made that mistake in the very beginning after everything because it was a kind of crazy to handle it was it was a lot um, it was traumatizing but, traumatizing but yeah i think that generally speaking if you're gonna win the plot and actually stop this from escalating and you know um also you have skin in the game a little bit, you know, with that being said, you can't be using, um, George Bush era cold or Ronald Reagan, cold war 1980s language. Um, and at the same time, you can't be using the rules for radical communist DSA playbook as well. Like you have to just have a normal conversation about what's actually going on. It's so crazy because I've, you know, I, I grew up liberal mainline Democrat family. I I became more of a progressive during like when Bernie ran, I voted for Bernie in the, but, but you know, like ever since COVID and like, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder with a lot of tr- conservatives and Trump supporters. I didn't even vote in 2020 because I was just I was just over. No, the I, whole, voted, I voted Trump because you know, of, the, of how, how mad I was. About like the after what happened to Bernie, it's like, how am I going to trust an election again when they're controlling the machines and the, the the count with, you know, Wi-Fi connected computers that are just fractionalizing, you know. So I you know what? I think the voter fraud thing is also a psyop. I think what, what what's happening is that. You're getting more. You're getting the fraud is kind of occurring more through the internet, through bot accounts manipulating a narrative than, than they actually are by changing votes. At, mm, I think I, I would not quantify. be surprised. I would not be surprised if that's more what it at, is. At the end of the day, this goes back to 2000 with 
Bush and Gore in Florida, and then 2004 in with, Ohio with Carrie. Yes, with Carrie in Ohio, they were doing the same. But it was thing also with the so computers. close. It was also so close. Right. where they were able to, and and I think that um with with Trump right in 2020, like I don't know if Trump won or lost. Like there is a real possibility that he did lose because like you know the the election the electioneering and the manipulation occurred because. Bot account because a bunch of Democratic bots overruled the system and manipulated consent to go and vote for Biden. You know, a lot of the, the progressive Bernie voters that marched in droves for BLM, they bit their tongue. Well, and I know a lot of them. They bit for tongue. They bit their tongue. It voted for Joe Biden. A lot been, of them did that in swing states. Like that, whether a fraud occurred or not, it was so neck and neck that they were able to get away with it because the margin was so small. I mean, like again, I I'm I, I'm in no way a tr- Trump supporter. I was there in D.C. To like to see what these people were about, they're they're calling that. You're out. About to go. You're being a gulag if he's. No, I'm kidding. No, I've okay. I've been open about you know the fact like go, going down to D.C. and like okay people are gonna protest about the you know the outcome of the election and raise questions about the integrity. Okay, what are we doing about it? Okay, there's a whole freaking FBI setup with it. You know. You know, the, the infiltrators and Ray Epps and all these people said, said, and the police just like inviting people to walk in the building. But, um, you know, it's all been exposed now. If you if you talk about the influence through social media and suppressing the stories about Hunter Biden and all all these things influencing voters, like I was saying, going back twenty over twenty years, you had. D bold premier ESNS election system management like all these comp like con- private companies contract who are democrat donors or you know at the end of the day it's not about party Demo- you know cuz you had bush winning the first two times at the end of the day whoever's going to push the neocon agenda like you you have bush and Kerry who are both they're both on the team Biden's kind of a neocon also with Ukraine, uh, and of course he is. He's a neocon. No, it's it, when, no, when you say only, neocon, you it's not about why? party or you Republican. You want to know also it's why we're not intervening in these countries? You're a war hawk. You want to know you why are. we're also not intervening? Because we're not physically. Our military is actually, I think, a paper tiger. Where we're just not physically capable of going into these places and actually winning. And then our ruse gets exposed because, dude, we got a bunch of pe- we got a bunch of they them's and we we got a bunch of we raised a bunch of they them pronoun people who don't even know what gender they are like. You think they're gonna ma- make it in a third world country? I mean, look look what happened in Afghanistan. How uh, everything it, this was before the whole LGBT thing with yeah, the military. But that also happened too because we were we were um, we were soldiers were being instructed by high level operatives not to finish missions to stay there because it was more of an incentive to stay in the region than there was to actually win. Yeah, the whole thing was to patrol the opium fields and patrol the the you know enable the drug trade, well, which and, led to where we're at yeah, now. Yeah, and also continue fentanyl. destroying these countries so Halliburton could come in and rebuild, and also get the central banks to continue printing up money. Uh, the defense stocks flourish like a lot of that. There's a lot of that. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, man. You know, we're we're on the same page. And also, if you want to create one world, if you want to create global tyranny, the more you destabilize this region over a longer period of time, the more migrants from these the more people from these countries have to come and migrate to either europe or america and then you get more of these attacks in those countries and then all of a sudden now you have to censor the internet now you need a digital id now we got to stop misinformation because misinformation leads to terrorism you know they're trying to tell they're trying to in the beginning say that crypto and bitcoin um funded hamas and then that turned out to be false but like they are they are going to try to throw everything out there to try to like use these crises to restrict your freedoms well then i was going to say that earlier about the migrant situation in new york and throughout the country now um, you know, this is a perfect setup for 
rising crime for instability and for people clamoring for a police state and for a, a, a surveillance state oh we need to end and even with elections we need to we need to vet who these people you know we need a some kind of mechanism to identify these people we don't know who's who we're gonna need some kind of some kind of i don't know id, ID. to identify who these people you know there's however many million people just pouring in what are we gonna do about it oh i guess that's just gonna have to be the answer and you and you know what's gonna happen you're gonna have bipartisan support well anytime you got you're gonna have support. trump supporters welcoming it <sighs> dude trump is dude the whole listen donald trump could sell you communism and then the supporters will say that he's playing advanced 5d chess facts facts <laughs> kind of is what happened during COVID. That's exactly what happened. Best vaccine the, the ever. Central, the central bank digital currency. This was currencies. the best vaccine you know, ever. You, yeah, do you... Sorry. What do you... Do you think you're going to get a central bank digital currency? Um, I think we already have a central bank digital currency. How? I think we already have it because we're using Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. We're using... You know, who uses cash anymore? Like, fortunate people use cash, but like... More and more, like people are, you it's make, becoming you, you more and more convenient pa- to walk around. Parallel systems are, are there. People are absolutely just, people are also the same people that bitch and about we, their freedoms and complain about being censored and all this other stuff and and and, and are super blackpilled. They don't own any fucking Bitcoin. They don't do any. They don't actually transact outside the system, and they still are like, oh no, I I'll, I'll take a so Venmo payment. I, I was getting into bit, crypto and Bitcoin, and like I I got out at the complete wrong time right when the election happened in 2020 and oh you fucked up why did you do that and i was able to make to trade a little bit and make some money like with altcoins and whatever trading but at the end of the day like my concern and i hope you're right alex that this doesn't happen anytime soon but if there's some kind of like emp like grid (laughs) issue or like what you know? Who who knows what they're capable of? You look up um, World Economic Forum Cyber Polygon. I've they read have about a whole, that. Yeah. They have a whole not, like predictive programming. Down, like, okay, but they're not going to be able to like shut down your multi. Like they'll shut down the internet, but they're not going to shut. Like if they're going to want to do the cyber attack, right? Eventually, they have to turn the internet back. Eventually, on. they they got to turn. They have to turn it back on. How? Okay. okay so if if so, the, the the trick with and at the end of the day, the beautiful about thing about crypto is that they're like it's well, Bitcoin, decentralized. Bitcoin, not crypto. All these other cryptos are not so, all of them. There's are, other altcoins, but yeah, you could talk about like, just specifically Bitcoin. It's decentralized. Supposedly, you know, you don't have any central, you know, well, actor. Is, there's no supposedly. It's like, a it's a Bitcoin decentralized blockchain. Blockchain. 15,000 node operators have to all validate a transaction. So, so the, They're scattered all over the, the world. The like issue, the issue is the, is the issue is what is centralized is the exchanges, right? Okay, if you, you know about to, yeah, if you, if you crypto on, on Coinbase or Cash App or or Binance or anything, you are these are not your coins. They're just saying not right. your keys, not your coin. Right. That's we know this, okay? Um, I mean, if you some have, pe- not enough people know, and I gotta and get know, back me into and you it. know this, okay? Yeah. And this is what we're talking about. This is this is what we're talking about when it comes to being able to use. Being able to participate in a parallel economy, yeah. not um, having this add on to the continued economy, to this economy, to the fiat mm-hmm. economy. Okay, um, if you have your stuff in in cold, like in a Trezor, a cold card, or a like a multi a multi sig, you know, like a company like an Unchained Capital or something like that, you know, um, your money is yours. No one can take your stuff unless they know your phrases, which you don't share with anybody. Okay, like your stuff is yours. So even if like the grid goes down. Like they can't go in and like hack every. They can't like hack 
the the balance the balances that are in your wallet like it just means that like you just can't use and transact with the money that's in your wallet for the time that the internet is is down i i have to be honest alex like and it's yeah at, at this point i like i i want to like potentially keep, keep chipping away and peeling back that onion but i've become so disillusioned with a lot of this kind of like uh, new age hipster like culture. It, what this an, this anti anti what what I mean is like the the, the communities in El Salvador and uh, other parts of the world where you have expats thriving and living their best life with just Bitcoin. I I I. I have a hard time you should own I just think being able to use it and have yeah it's definitely good to have as an option usefulness to having something like that and if you have self-custody and and there are ways to operate to use Bitcoin without the system like you you have a you have a a cold card and you put the cold card um, and you trans and like let's say you want to spend your Bitcoin you put the cold card to a blue wallet or a moon wallet and then I send Bitcoin to you for meat or for food or something like that. Like you can do that without having to operate within that system. And then and then no one's gonna stop or censor you or, or stop you from participating it's in beautiful. society. Like yeah. that is a good thing. More people should understand how to use that system. The reason I think people are so disillusioned with Bitcoin is because they buy things on these exchanges. The exchanges go bunk. People maybe lose their life savings or they hear stories about that. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, it's a scam, bro. Fuck that. And then and then they have to use these useless dollars that devalue at 10% every year. My, my thing is I, I think more and more people need to and more and more people are aspiring to a, a return to, like, wh- how our ancestors Gold. lived gold and silver and just like developing a localized barter economy and con- like having land to grow your yeah. own food and have and you know which is good but bitcoin facilitates that because um having like being able to transact bitcoin peer to peer is like the definition of what a localized economy is yeah and the and the but the next step to that is being completely off grid and just not even you know and i like i'm nowhere close to that like i'm let's not kid ourselves like I, i'm on my phone all freaking day trying all day. to keep, keep track of what's going on but eventually we we need to you know explore the option of just like having a stack of books having families having communities where we can just like communicate with each other and play music and just like sing and dance and like maybe you know what I, good, you know what i'm saying but we wouldn't be having this like if it wasn't for the internet if it wasn't for being able to have knowledge accessible to you at the click of a button we wouldn't be we me and you would not be having this discussion that could reach a bunch I, of I was gonna say that earlier you're talking about the internet and social media um it, like i think what not enough people understand is that the internet was invented as a web as a government surveillance tool yeah, as a weapon back I, I, yeah exactly the, the, uh unabomber elstein it internet. was, was it was stanford university um in the 50s you had the cia darpa arpanet project as as a like a pet project for surveillance of dissidents dissident like whatever movements and like go, going into the 70s and 80s, the first computers that we had were developed as a, like w- through military contracts. And but, you know, once it rolls out in the 90s for public consumption and consumerism, then it's it's a convenience and it's it's a major tool, beneficial tool for edu- for, you know, information sharing. Like, While ed- allowing you know, the government to, to spy on dissidents. Exactly. It, it was all the, the whole thing from the beginning was at that cost of your privacy. And at the end of the day, your data, even if you're using free services, at the end of the day, you're selling your data and your engagement right, and with, you're selling. Right now, but 
you don't think that there's going to be a way to build out from that, like using like open source computing or something like that to help? Like Linux or what? What do you mean by open source computing? I, I don't know. Like compute like. Like computing built, like it you know, sounds like, good. Yeah, like look, you look at Bitcoin, right? And it's a new revolutionary form of money based on computing power, right? Like using maybe that network to build like um, computing, like computing models or internet models that you don't have like a centralized overseer being able to look at what you're browsing through. That sounds great. Yeah, I don't know, like you know, I think you we have- need to be talking about that more than like complaining or being scared of disasters being like, okay the disaster's coming what are we building to um protect ourselves exactly what are we building yeah. so that not no not even protect yourself what are we building so that we could thrive in the disaster because i look at this like i look it's at an co- opportunity yeah, it's like a these, huge disaster are not disasters they are opportunities so it's like all right how am i going to thrive during the next disaster you're going to have a huge transfer of wealth and you know my thing is understanding the bond market and understanding the social security system and the IRS, the tax code and how they use our name as, you know, as collateral through every trend, you know, and you know what, what they wind up, how, how they wind up convincing us that, Oh, we have to pay taxes or else we're going to come, you know, kidnap you. Um, and just how, and it, it, it even relates to the BLM movement and like police abuse, which is a real thing. Because, you know, you talk about law enforcement versus... Well, how do they po- treat people who are protesting the mandates and then BLM didn't give a shit about that? Like, we had, we had some BLM people marching with us. Did you really? Very few, but there we had how, some cross-pollination. How, how like, did that work out? Well, uh, when Kyrie Irving had his first game, I don't know if you heard, um, in 21, the first time they benched him for being unjabbed, we showed up... With and we we met beforehand and we had a mutual contact with Hawk Newsom and Kevin McCall and uh, some other folks. Oh yeah, I heard from, about that. Yeah. From, so yeah, I I I I was one of the you know we we had a rally before that game with Jimmy Levy and a bunch of other freedom. That's kind of cool, actually. It, yeah. Um, and we marched down to Barclays Center. This was October, late October twenty one. I can't remember the day. And you had Hawk Newsom and a bunch of other BLM folks. You know, raising can, raising I, hell with us, and yeah, that's ne- next thing cool. you know, <laughs> it was great. It was beautiful. It was also kind of like sketchy because next thing you know, people are certain people are hopping the barricades and rushing the door of the stadium and blocking the entrance. So we're causing a disruption, and like we're we're there, me and but Joe. Was he do- but he wasn't doing that, right? He doesn't see like I seen him speak. I'm not, I'm not here to throw anyone under the bus. No, the, but I've heard that guy speak. Day. I've heard that guy like talk about the mandates and the jabs, and I was just like. We were on the same page I'm as like, far you know as what, the man? mandates like, go. Keep talking like this, and I might start supporting that BLM, was the only, right? Like, that, that was that the was only how time. I was looking at it. The, in the in the case of Hawk, that was the only time we directly like. But st- then he st- also. But then, sorry about. I'm, I'm, it's I'm okay. Interrupting you, but like, but then like, you know, back in January of 2022, he was vocally talking about how Joe Rogan needs to be removed from the internet. That was January 22. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, no, Rogan's such an extremist. Such an extremist. He really should be in a camp or something. Yeah, yeah. He needs to be. We should all be roommates. Be cool. Like re. He's he's kind of an idiot. He just needs to be re-educated a little bit. You know. (laughs) What's up, Joe? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I remember. I remember that, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I don't think I like you anymore after I saw that. You know. No, he. I mean, he's. You know, at the end of the day, when it comes to BLM, we're talking about it's the same. It's the same thing with uh, 
like you mentioned the Palestine protests and how they they become a, a political um it's being used as a political weapon, whether that particular chapter is related to the national BLM organization with Patrice Colors and all these millions of dollars going into buying mansions. We're, we're talking about um, deliberate, um, like, uh, destruction of law enforcement, what we call law enforcement, and any any sort of apparatus to prevent crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a deliberate. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on my words here. It, it's it's a deliberate setup to create worse crime, civil unrest, so that people will clamor for We're some kind state. of stronger. Well, look at San Francisco mechanism. now. Everything is locked. Like you can't go to Walgreens without having to have somebody open the like open the, the door to get your shampoo. It's so sad, man. You know, I I, I grew up not far. You know. I didn't grow up. I, I grew up close enough to spend a lot of time in San Francisco. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, it's a beautiful city, and people there have just lost their God-given minds. Lost their God-given minds. How does that happen in a place like that? But then in a place like even Austin. Austin's pretty liberal, but like people in Austin haven't really lost their minds. Yeah, I think in the case of um, in the case of San Francisco, you you know, military contractors and CIA plants to uh drug the populace with lsd will go a long way in the 60s and the grateful dead and the whole summer of love movement born in san francisco you know hate ashbury that was the i think that was a real turning point in the bay area where you already had like a military base with moffett field you go up 101 you see a military air base moffett field which is just maybe 20 30 minutes from stanford university where you had you have the linear accelerator and you have the arpa arpanet lab oh, it's wow, Stan okay. stanford university so you have all these little military outposts um in the bay area where they're they're you know they're basically experimenting on people and like seeing you know how we can feminize men and like but then uh, also reagan right before leaving office signed a law like giving citizenship and amnesty to a bunch of illegal aliens um and it just turned california blue as well yeah man it's i mean it, again it's sad like there, there's a lot of like bold freedom fighters in orange county in the central valley um like in the northern part of the state there's there's people hold just like in New York, man. Some, some of the strongest people. They're I've probably, ever, they're ever probably met. stronger than what you'll find in Texas. Because exactly. They have to be, actually, you know. Exactly, and you know, I, I'm here in Texas now. I've gone back and forth to New York. You know, it's like my wife and I reached the point where we want to start a family. We want to, you know, build a nest and plant our feet somewhere for the future, long term. But you know, I'm I'm still in it to like hold people like Bill De Blasio, and Andrew Cuomo, Kathy Hochul, Eric Adams. These sociopaths need to be held accountable for they, what they've done. They do, and you got to figure out how to do it in a way that yeah. works. We we can talk more about that another we time. Should maybe talk more about that another time. So well, it's well, happening. Yeah. Well, um, how strict? Before we go, how strict were they at actually enforcing these mandates in New York? Well, uh, I can tell you, in January of twenty-two, um, it was strict enough that I wound up spending two hours behind bars for going into the Museum of Natural History. Wait, what? They just, did you walk, did they ask to see your paper and then you said no one walked in? I mean, I I made my reservation. With the Museum of Natural History, you don't have to pay for your ticket. You make yeah. a reservation yes. and you show your ticket by email. Yeah. Um and 
uh, you know, I, and they're asking for, you know, they, they asked, I said no. And, the, you know, there were several other cases where we went into Cheesecake Factory, Applebee's, we went into Burger King, Bubba Gump Shrimp, all the, you know, we, yeah, we, the, we, the yeah, so it's like, the you know, we, we did we no. did what we had to do to hold up the mirror to the NYPD, and it was kind of a controversial move on our part. Um, and like a couple months before that, we it's like we had done what we did with Hawk Newsom and BLM, and we you know we we don't you know we're we're not trying to create antagonism toward the police. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, everything we did in New York bring thousands of people on a weekly basis at the height of the mandates. Uh, we had thousands of people. We were working with NYPD, with every precinct, every part of the city to make sure that our marches were safe and family friendly. And we didn't, you know, if anyone tried to, like, infiltrate or uh, age so provocateur, so did, did you say we shut it down. When Nick Fuentes went there, what did you say to him? Like, did you? I, I wasn't actually there that day. I was uh, in San Antonio. Oh, that wow. Day. Okay, a lot, okay. a lot of, like, even our, like, the, the New York crew. Our leadership had come out. It was it was mostly nurses and city workers who came to host that event, and um, there wasn't even there wasn't even any direct confrontation because he went and set up his thing over like further up the block by Second Avenue. Um, Nick was too much of a coward. I I'm sorry to say, Nick, but Nick was too much of a coward to address us directly. So he had a separate rally like, across the street from you guys. It was down further up the block. Yeah. With a bunch of security guards. Uh, he had a couple security and, you know, the NYPD, unfortunately, I mean, at the end of the day, their their First Amendment right was respected in spite of the fact that we went the, through the, we jumped through the hoops to get our permit. And he didn't. And he didn't. But at the end of the day, he had the, so, he has the right to yeah. do that, but it's a little suspicious. Yes. And then, and then when people like, you know, these groupers talk about who, like, call everyone controlled ops, like, dude. Someone like Nick Fuentes crashing an anti-mandate rally and saying a bunch of anti-Semitic garbage, that is the definition of controlled op. I, I, I think that's a safe bet. Compares, you know, a, a safe assessment. But, um, you know, we, we've been through so many other cases lately. That's kind of the most high-profile figure that we dealt with. But there, there's so many cases where people, you know, want to cause drama and cause, you know. At the end of the day, we're fighting, you know, it's the same thing with Israel-Palestine. Whatever side you're on, we we want to fight for the babies and the innocent people. We don't want to see any death. Yeah, no facts. You don't want to see that. You know, and you don't. It's, it's, and and you don't want and you don't want to let politics and ideology, even religion, like, you know, at at the end of the day, it comes to it comes down to your relationship with you, with God, with God, and you, not you, with and, a and, and you institution. Never be bullied into like having to choose a side. Yeah. And anybody who bullies you into picking a side, you need to get as far away from them as possible. And not associate, regardless of, of where you stand. Um, and I guess just because of all the videos of the protests you're seeing, maybe I'm looking at one side as more of the bully than the other. But the bullying occurs in different factions, and you just gotta be able to look. As long as you're, as long as you're fair and reasonable with how you speak about an issue, definitely. Um, you should be okay. We're not gonna get anywhere. But and look, I, I've I've made that mistake. Like be, being hard on people. Like well, why why are you getting this freaking jab? You're an idiot. Why are you wearing that stupid mask on your face? Like we, a lot of us were frustrated in 2021. Like why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to your baby? Like, but at the were end people, of the day, yeah. did 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 people have fakes? Like I feel like a lot. I have I have a lot of friends who just didn't get the shot in New York or a couple, and they're like, yeah, I just had a fake, and nobody really bothered me when I had my fake card. Yeah, I mean, but, we we we. 
most of us in you know in the freedom rallies but having we, a fake card drew defeats that the purpose line. because it's, it's defeating the purpose it, it, you're feeding into you're feeding the, into that system you're feeding the into that system, system. You're and, and legitimizing also, the system you're, legi- you're legitimizing legitimizing that system of control saying that now you have to carry this document and eventually they're going to say oh because of all the fake cards now it has to be digital you know so you're mm-hmm. still you're still yep. you're actually like you know even playing along with that is actually it's almost worse than getting it yeah no i had i had good friends who did that and um it's like they they, they weren't you know they they weren't trying to like get get in any altercations or you know but like most bars and clubs people had to make ends meet they didn't scrutinize your you you had you had active duty police officers you had this poor woman in long island who made fake cards um for hundreds of people at least and she got busted and she i think she might have gotten sentenced to prison for whatever chart whatever they charged her with it was totally heavy-handed and you had nyp active nypd benefiting from that and that, that's what i said when i got arrested i said to the captain like look when, when this is all over we'll all go get a beer together you guys can pick the spot you and your fake cards you can pick a spot where we can all go get a beer together and we'll laugh this off it's all, uh, no hard feelings so when you were in jail how was jail before you go it was pretty disgusting that toilet was were you like did, did you make friends like how long you were there for two hours right? the the um yeah did anybody try to fuck with you while you were in jail no 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 it was like it was all just a the, bunch of guys like you that were all there you know yeah, it was it was the Upper West Side. Like they they never deal. Like it was pretty quiet. Like the 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 lady female cop on, on our uh, in our wing was very sympathetic to. We were just kind of telling her, what's you know, on, what's yeah. going on, and it was overwhelmingly every single cop that we interacted with over that over the course of that year expressed solidarity, if not outwardly, then implicitly. Like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah, I guess. Sorry, mm. it's protocol. We got to do it. Yeah. No, you're right. You know, I, I don't disagree. I'm just doing my job. I got to feed that, my kids. You know, when when I I don't I haven't had to deal with cops because of vaccines, but like, you know, I they threw me out of City Hall like a couple of years, like a year and a half ago for not wanting to wear a mask, you know, and I was filming with the security guards I was like, look, man, I know what you you know. This is ridiculous. And you know it. You know, it's ridiculous. He's looking at me. He, you could just see by the look on his face like, yeah, we know. I mean, how many pe- how many places in Austin were checking for jet? Like zero, because zero? it was not allowed in Texas. Zero. I feel like there zero. were a couple cases where I no, saw no. There a were a couple outside. places where they were they tried, but they were not allowed to. There were like two Russians that said we were going to be doing this, but it was not allowed. Like they didn't allow. No, but nobody ever nobody ever asked me to show a vaccine a vaccine card. There were stores that tried to tell me to put a mask on when I like went in. And I would be like, no, go fuck yourself. I'm not putting that. I'm there nope, were, not doing that anymore. We're leaving. Goodbye. Yeah, no, there were definitely a couple of places where I, I went in early on. I've had people, like, I've had food truck guys try to do that. And, like, a couple of times I've been so hungry that I'm like, fine. I had, like, some, like, spider. I had, like, some kind of mask on. Food right? trucks? There's a, food, there a couple of food trucks that did this. Yeah. And I was like, dude, we're outside. This is retarded. And I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, cool. Let me get exact change now from what I ordered. Because you're not getting a you're not yeah, getting no, a we're fucking not too tip if you're gonna do that. Maybe, yeah. maybe we're not too far off here from uh, San Francisco. I don't know. But no, there um, was like, it was like two food trucks out of okay. every. Like, yeah, it no, was it was. That's not too bad. It's not too bad. All right, Kevin, how do we get a hold of you? Um, so you can you can reach New York Freedom Rally NY Freedom Rally through Instagram, Twitter, uh, Telegram as well. Um, we're we're putting the pieces in place to start a community trust so that we can build up the community in New York um, and create op- more opportunities for homeschooling, 
for um you know food security starting pantries starting like you know get, getting prepped and like we you know in, in in the city it's challenging but we're doing what we have to do to prepare ourselves for whatever comes next and um i'm i'm just so grateful to meet you know folks with convi- conviction and discernment like yourself and you know there there's so many crazy things happening in the world that we we you know people can like dissect and pick apart but at the end of the day we you know we we want to forge a future for our children and yeah i'm, I'm grateful to have met you and no, this, this, was this, is, this is a lot of fun yeah we always kept running into each other at different events yeah. so this is yeah i'm glad we got to do this absolutely Kevin, appreciate it man thank you so much for coming on God man bless. all right